0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chat Channel. My name is Tim Hayden, and I'll be your host. We have a super show for you today. Our guest is the multi talented Eric Nelson. Eric is an Emmy and Tony Award winning American actor and producer. On stage, he portrayed Brett Sanson in the original Broadway production of 13, and he starred in The Good Mother. He's also appeared in over 30 television series like All My Children, Blacklist, 1883, and more. He's probably best known as Daniel Garrett the award, on the award-winning show, The Bay. There might be spoilers for seasons one through six, just so you know, feel free to ask questions along the way. Please welcome Eric to the show.
1: Hi, Eric. Hey guys, happy to be here. How you doing, Tim? All right, how about you? Good, man, good. feeling. Feeling good, we've got some cool episodes out now for the fans and a whole new season to, to look forward to. I am a diehard Bay fan. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. It's been, you know, it's been one of those shows as you've seen, it's just grown so much over the years and to see where it's where it's gotten to today and, you know, the fan base has just also grown and grown. It's It's been an incredible journey and we're excited to see where it goes next.
0: Oh, all uh- right. I'm thrilled I can't wait for two o'clock today to watch the second episode of season seven. <laughs> yes. so what was it like to you growing up in Florida?
1: uh Florida was a pretty simple life um had a had a, a great family, a bunch of relatives down there, so we had a big group of us. Um, but uh it was it was pretty simple. I mean, I you know played sports growing up and I also um was uh got into dancing and acting and singing uh, living in Florida as well and then my whole life turned upside down when we moved from Florida to New York City when I was 13 years old. Um, So going from Florida to New York, as you can imagine, was a pretty drastic transition, uh, but the most fun thing I've ever done. I I still can't even believe that I had the opportunity to go to New York in the first place uh, because none of my parents or grandparents or anyone was in the entertainment industry. So we were... Our generation, my brother and I have a couple cousins that are in it. We're kind of the uh, the first in our, our family lineage to to do what we do. So it was an unexpected but incredible journey.
0: So speaking of your brother, uh, he's an actor as well. So are y'all the only two in the immediate family?
1: In the immediate family, yes. I have a, a first cousin who's a Broadway actress uh, named Tess Soltow. She was... Glinda and Wicked and Wednesday Addams and The Addams Family and has a new um, show coming up this spring on Broadway, um, which has got all the music to Britney Spears behind it. So that'll be fun. Oh,
0: that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: So when did
0: you know acting was the pack you wanted?
1: Um, so when I was 13 and got to move to Manhattan, uh, it was really to let my younger brother play chip in beauty and the beast on broadway which he booked at one of my dance competitions in south florida and uh he got scouted and he got the job and that's when my whole life changed and i was like oh my gosh wait we can actually do this in real life and not just go to new york as tourists to watch shows like we can be in them and uh that's when i realized okay this is what i want to do at that age, I didn't, I didn't put it together that it was, you know, going to be a career path and, you know, my, my way to make money my whole life. For me, it was just the most fun thing I could ever imagine doing. And having the opportunities to do it was just, it was like mind blowing for me. I never thought You know, those were dreams I never thought would would become possible. And it it was just like the snowball effect, because once we got there, we both my brother and I just didn't stop working and started booking shows right away. In fact, my first TV show ever was in Manhattan and it was on Guiding Light uh, way back, way back when. And um, yeah, so it was it was just, you know, God bless my mom for allowing us to go up there and for supporting our dreams. And, you know, here we are all these years later still doing it.
0: Yes, if my memory serves me correctly, you played Justin uh, Marler.
1: Uh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Yep. One of the twins. One of the twins. Exactly. Ross Uh, Marler's son.
0: (laughs) Yes, Jerry Verdorn and Liz Kiefer. Uh, Liz was on several weeks ago. She's great. Oh, nice. So uh, after that, she went on to uh, your next soap was All My Children, wasn't it? Yes, sir. You played an iconic role there, Adam Chandler Jr.
1: Yes. You know, it was interesting because the show had obviously been on ABC forever and then it was taken off the air and then uh, a new company bought the rights to the show and put it up on this platform that nobody at the time had heard of called Hulu, uh, which, you know, we got one of the kind of pioneering series that Hulu launched. And uh, at the time, I can't tell you how many people were like, oh, no one's gonna watch TV like this. This is not gonna be a hit. You know, they're swinging for the fences here, this Hulu, whatever, this this is never gonna last. And of course, now it's the leading you know, Netflix, Hulu, you know, streaming is the only way to go, uh, it seems. And so it was cool to kind of be on the, the precipice of that and to experience it at its uh, first stages before it became what it is today. <clears throat>
0: And I have to say, I'm very disappointed because I didn't know about it at the time because I was, I lived with my mother at the time to take care of her. She was a hardcore cable user, so I didn't know about the platforms that well. Now you can't even find them. I've seen it on several uh, people's resumes that they were on it. And I'm like, I can't find it.
1: Oh, man, they don't have them out there anywhere?
0: No. I mean, well, I think YouTube might have some clips, but no, I've been searching for days trying to find it.
1: Oh, that's a shame. It was a lot of fun. We got to uh, shoot it in these great sound stages in uh, Connecticut, actually. And um, they, you know, they put a lot of heart and soul into it. And, you know, it was the same all my children that everybody knew, but they brought new elements to it. They obviously aged my character up and they wanted to kind of bring in a younger audience into the fan base, um, kind of millennial age group and such. And uh, so it was fun. And, you know, coming onto an iconic series like that and working with you know, I got to work with David Canary before he passed, and you know all the legends. It was, it it, it was, um, it was like joining into this this big great family, and they just kind of opened arms and brought me right in. So it was perfect.
0: And you hit the nail on the head. David Canary is by far one of the absolute best actors ever. Oh, I know. Mean, I, mean, I, I
1: know. It was. It was especially I, in
0: all my children playing two roles. I mean, growing up, I thought they were two different people. Right,
1: right. It's kind of got the uh Pete Garrett thing going on right now, and the bay's kind of got a similar (laughs) (laughs) storyline. Yes, it does.
0: We're gonna get to the bay here in a little bit. I've got lots of questions about that one. Do you Uh, remember your first day on All My Children? I mean, it had to um, be.
1: I do, I do. I was like a kid in a candy shop. (sighs) I just, I, my eyes were wide and I didn't know what to expect. I was nervous, but you know, I remember one of the first people that really, really changed my I was so nervous you know and it was like the first day of school jitters and and I remember Katie McLean came up to me and she wrapped her arms around me gave me the biggest hug and just sat and talked to me calmly like for like 30 minutes it felt like five hours but you know we had a nice talk and she just walked me through everything and she just really really welcomed me Um, And the best way I could imagine, and kind of was giving me little tips and insights and little secrets to filming this way, and um, you know, just just shining light a a little bit on you know the decades that she's had in the industry. Um, So I'll always be grateful to uh, Katie for that moment, and um, we 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 ended up having a extremely close friendship, and um, I love her to death, and I always will. (laughs) And
0: she's supposed to be coming on my show here in a little year after the new year.
1: Good, you, you tell her we got to talk and I miss I
0: will. her. She's been busy directing a play right now, a pl- her own play, actually.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Yep,
0: yep. It's on. I don't, I'm not sure it's playing, but I know she's been really busy with that. Amazing. Um, and, you know, you named two of them out there ourselves, which are kind on my children. They're probably my two tops. Uh, I can't imagine that. I mean, did you watch either All My Children before you went on?
1: So I had never. I have, of course, you know. You see it running on TV all day in the background at the gym and other places. So I knew the, I, you know, the iconicness of the show and had always, you know, heard about it. But my mom's sister, my aunt, who's like a second mother to me, um, it, what she was such a die-hard All My Children fan. I'm not even kidding you. Like she scheduled her whole life off of making the episodes of this and never missed a single episode. And so I remember when I got the uh, opportunity to do audition, my character was under a fake name. It wasn't AJ Chandler. It was, it was something else to not give it away. And she's just racking her brain. She's like, I can't think what storyline this would be in. And, you know, I don't know this character name. And finally I get the job and I call her and I said, oh, it was actually a fake character um, do you know the Chandler family? And she like fell out of her chair. I, <laughs> I kid you not, she fell out of her chair. She was like, you're Chandler? I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be AJ Chandler. She's like, <gasps> and then she gave me like the whole background of the story and the, the lineage of the family. And so that was a cool moment. And uh, I still think no matter what I've done in my entire career, that'll probably be the coolest thing I've done to her.
0: <laughs> well, you've had three, you only had three top names, you Cortland, Chandler and Kane.
1: That's right. That's right. All the
0: rest were, you know, I just can't imagine. Uh, Well, later on, in 2020, you landed the role of 1883
1: as Enos. Mm -hmm. That was that was pretty incredible, um, because I got to film most of that show in my wife's hometown of Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, So I had a huge extended family in Fort Worth, and My wife and I had actually bought a house uh, when the pandemic hit L.A. We got out of L.A. and moved to Fort Worth because we had just had our first child, our daughter. And we wanted to kind of be out of the L.A. craziness and be around family. And then the industry, of course, closed down for about a year. When it reopened, I got the audition for 1883. I did not tell the industry that I had left L.A. because I didn't want them to think like, You know, as we didn't we didn't know what was going to happen after the pandemic was over, and so I didn't want them to think I like gave up on the industry or like wasn't available. So everybody thought I was still in LA, you know, casting directors and such. And uh, so I got the audition, ended up getting the part. I got a call that it was gonna. I got a call from Taylor Sheridan, who created the series, creator of Yellowstone and so many other wonderful projects, Uh, and he said. I had a little birdie told me you had uh, moved to Texas. Is that true? Because the casting was out of L.A. I sent in tapes and I was like, "Uh, yes, but I can be in L.A. tomorrow if you need me to be. We've got a a little condo out there we can go back to. He's like, no, 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 we're shooting this in Texas. He's like, where's your house? And I was like, Fort Worth. He like paused for a second. He's like, where exactly in Fort Worth are you located? And I told him and he's like, you're going to be 20 minutes from where we're going to be filming most of your stuff.
0: Oh and wow! I
1: fell out of my chair. It was just one of those God sent moments, right place, right time, the whole the whole shebang. Uh, so I got to sleep in my own bed in Texas for almost the entire shoot, which was about six months. I was going
0: to say it was on location for everybody else. It was home for you.
1: It <laughs> well, yeah. Everybody hated me. They went to their hotels and I went home. <laughs> <laughs> they were very jealous.
0: How did you prepare for that role? I mean. It had to be exhausting because you rode horses. You, ran- you actually wrangled the, ho- the cow, cattle. Sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a lot of training. We went through a rigorous cowboy camp training uh, at, that Taylor shared and put us through. So I had about three weeks of riding all day long, roping cattle shooting guns, everything we were gonna have to do on the series we did day in and day out for weeks before filming. So by the time cameras were rolling, as you saw on the show, I'm 99% on a horse. Once the cameras were rolling after all the training, the horse was the least of my worries. I could could be with my partner. I could be in the moment. I wasn't stressed about how to get the horse to do what I wanted it to do. So that all became second nature, which was really cool and fun for us all to learn. and then just, you know, prepping for a, a, a Western period piece, basically watched every famous Western movie and show I could get my hands on from Lonesome Dove to Red River to you name it, um, and just immersed myself in the world, in the culture. And, um, you know, it, it paid off. And it was just such a fun process from beginning to end.
0: I mean, you pulled it off so perfectly. I mean, you looked the row, you sounded the row, you were were the row. I mean, I can't imagine how sore you were learning to ride those horses.
1: Oh, and those saddles are period 1800 saddles. And so basically like riding on a plank of wood. Uh, So yeah, there was lots of saddle sores and bruises and cuts and blood and sweat and tears and the whole thing uh but you know the adrenaline's going so much when you're doing it that you don't even think about it till it's all over and then you you can't walk for you know two weeks but in the moment it's great you don't even right. did
0: y'all shoot uh during the summer or cooler months
1: so we started in the dead of summer and on the show you can see we are in layers on layers on layers of clothes so it was I I think I shed 15 pounds throughout the beginning of the process to the end, just in water weight and sweat from being on set. And I'm already like a small guy. So you can imagine like I was I was too small by the time we got done filming, but we just we couldn't help it. We were sweating so much. Um, and then we shot through the winter. And uh, of course, you know, when it was nice and warm and hot in the summer would have been the, the perfect time to do all the river crossing scenes but for some reason in the shooting schedule we didn't do those until the winter so now we're freezing cold crossing these rivers on horseback pushing these cattle or you know water splashing and so now we're shivering and so it was just one drastic climate change to the next um but again it did kind of uh lend itself to the performance because that's what these characters were going through. And, you know, that's, that's how it was on the trail. And so uh, a lot of the times it felt like we weren't acting, we were just living in the moment uh, which is unique and and sometimes rare on set. You know, a lot of times when you're on a big studio lot, it just, you know, it feels very, um, you know, cookie cutter, you're same place every day doing the same thing. And here we were, out in the wilderness, you know, we were battling weather and animals and different climates, and so it 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 made it very exciting and uh maybe one of the most fun things I've ever gotten to work on.
0: Well, the river scene you brought up—that was a very big deal part of the show. I mean, mm-hmm. poor Faye. I mean, if it was cold, <sighs> like you said, she was submerged in that water. I know. I know. Having, oh. Wow. Lots what was of that like? <laughs> What was that like working with such incredible actors? I mean, Sam Elliott, come on. Did you get to see Tom Hanks? He was in it. I mean, yeah.
1: I did. I did. I got to be there that day. I um, wasn't in the scene he shot, but I, I went to set that day and got to hang out with him and get to know him. He was actually he's been best friends with Tim McGraw for like 25 years. And so Tim called him up and was like, hey, man, I'm doing this really cool show. Uh, never asked you to to be a part of anything I've done before, but I feel like this might be a cool opportunity to see if you'd, you'd want to get involved. And he didn't even blink an eye. He said, absolutely. Just say when and where. And um, you know, he was just a small cameo, but he gave his heart and soul to that, to the performance. And he was just so gracious on set and got to take pictures with him and, and chatted up with him. And you know, when you're just hanging out with the people that you've idolized like your whole life, it just, it doesn't feel real. And then you get to know them on a personal level. And then all of a sudden it feels real. And it's like this weird switch in transition. Um, I don't, you don't get used to it because even, even on the last day of shooting, walking up and seeing my, my name on my cast chair next to Sam Elliott, it's like, it never got old. It was always a pinch me moment. Um, But you, you start to, you start to see and, and get to know who they are um underneath all the roles that you might know them for and it's a pretty uh unique and special you know kind of experience getting getting to see who who they actually are and who you hope that maybe they would be and they all lived up to the expectations by the way see that's kind of
0: what it's like for me i'm a i'm a a fan of all the celebrities i have on yourself included so i can't overthink it before because i'll fan out during the show but then after the show i'm like Oh my God, I just talked to Dan, you know, the character. <laughs> I mean, I to, you know. <laughs> then it sets oh, in.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I get it. I completely can relate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and Rita Wilson, I know you said her, they were friends. The couples were friends. I believe before, right before y'all started shooting that they went to Australia to be with Tim and Faith and they ended up getting stranded because of COVID.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. That could have been... Um... I didn't hear the story or maybe I did, but I forgot it, but I do know the families are close. So I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yes. Yeah. Cause they were like, you know, their extended stay when they're social media, they're like talking about staying with their friends and oh, that was really cool. I mean, you wouldn't think Tom Hanks, Tim McGraw. I mean, I know, you
1: know. I know. And they always <laughs> kind of kept their, their, you know, friendship private. It was never really publicly known. And so this kind of was a very big and public way to, Finally, come out as friends.
0: <laughs> well, I can say 1883 was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, my dad's fixing to be 83. We were about getting convinced to watch it. Now, what did it is we were talking him into watching Yellowstone, and that's a phenomenal show, but the language got him. Uh. And I'm like, 1883, it has a few, but it's nothing like. Yellowstone. So we're about getting convinced to watch it because it's such a phenomenal show. And now 1923 just started Sunday.
1: Yep. yeah, Got a whole new slew of episodes coming.
0: And you do know I've been doing the math in my head. They could actually have put you in the show and you would have been aged correctly. Because it's only like a 40 year difference.
1: Yeah. I mean, they obviously would have had to have another actor who was much older playing the part. But I guess in theory had the the bandit not had his way uh could have could have been there
0: because you didn't get killed off in 1883 or anything they left that all open <laughs> i did hear i can't i'm sorry i can't think of the the uh african-american gentleman's name that was your partner but i heard they were going to possibly do a show about his prequel about him
1: so they're doing a series called bass reeves uh, about the uh you know famous black cowboy back in the day and uh, that's being played by David Oyelowo. I always say his last name wrong. Yolo, Oyelo- I think is how you say it. He played Martin Luther King in um, MLK. Um, phenomenal actor. And there hasn't been anything public about La Monica's character from 1883, transitioning over to that show, but it would make sense. And I really hope he does, because that would just be so cool. And I hope it goes back a little in time and uh, maybe Ennis somehow pops up. <laughs>
0: I think Enos should. uh, I could. It was the all the roles you've played are are so lovable. I mean, Mm -hmm. Daniel from the Bay—he's one of everybody's favorite characters. Uh, Enos, and what there again—one of everybody's favorite characters. He was very. He didn't talk about the daughter like the other one did. He didn't have thought. You know, he was more of a wholesome character.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and i love that
1: thank you as 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 my grandma would say <laughs> oh good it's another project i can talk about at the club i want to tell all my <laughs> friends about it because if i do i've done some you know dark stuff in between too and on different shows and stuff and oh she doesn't she doesn't like that she likes to be able to brag about it to her friends and not have to worry about language and all this other stuff and so it's uh it's nice to know when when I can play a character that I know my whole family will enjoy.
0: Absolutely, and and something that possibly w- when they're a little older because I know they're young right now, but your kids could possibly watch 1883 as well, and it not have to be censored.
1: Yeah, and she so my daughter's three now. She got a hold of my fingers yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she um, she had. Caught me, you know, many times on the show when my wife was watching it, and so now anytime she sees a cowboy on television, no matter what he looks like, white, black, whatever, it's Dada. Dada's on TV every time it's a cowboy. It's Dada. (laughs) What better
0: person can you be than a cowboy?
1: I mean, that's exactly exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm everybody. We're to start talking about the bay. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers from season one through six. You might want to tune in after you've binged it. I'm surprised if you haven't by now, though. You're part of the original cast of The Bay. Uh, Like I said, you're one of everyone's favorite character, Daniel Garrett. How did that come about, this job come about?
1: So I actually had just finished All My Children and I was um, at the Daytime Emmys presenting And uh, Gregory Martin and Christos Andrews were there and Gregory came over to me and he said, hey, I wanted you to know you were my favorite thing out of all of the new All My Children. You were phenomenal. You really were a standout. And he said, I've got this show I created that's also a digital drama um, called The Bay and would love you if if you'd love, we'd love to have you on it if you're available. And I was like, well, and he said, it shoots in L.A. It's like, well, I'm living in New York. Uh, but the good news is all my children just ended and I'm moving to L.A. next month. So how can I call you when I get there? And yeah, so we exchanged information and I called him when I got to L.A. And, you know, he he told me all about the show and the and he was open to creating a character together almost. He was creating it and taking the reins. But um he's he's like i want to i want you to enjoy and play something maybe that you know elements of this character that maybe you haven't played before and so he really kind of tailored daniel to that and uh really let me explore and have fun with the role and i was on board right away and as you as you all know the cast and everybody from top to bottom is is just you know they're all iconic tv stars in their own right and uh you know, to get to jump onto that and kind of the early stages and to kind of get to ride the wave all throughout where we are now. It's just been I mean, it's been a dream. And Gregory and Christos have become family to me at this point. And they're just, you know, they are fighters and they I, I'm 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 always blown away by what they can accomplish and what they get done and how they pull it all together. And now we're shooting internationally all over the world. And it's just been I mean, it's been very cool.
0: <laughs> yes, I had Gregory on last week. Uh, well, for, actually, actions past Fridays, And I'm telling you, he, he's a phenomenal guy. And he wasn't going to spoil season seven. So, you know, I was talking about your character. He said, Daniel's there. And then not in the same breath. But later on, he's like, but there's going to be some deaths, too. It's like, Come on! That's all he left me Because <laughs> uh, uh, in this, in the show, you are you bring the comedy, more of the lighter. You lighten things up, the mm-hmm. situations, which is whatever show needs. Uh, what's it like for you to play a gay man on TV?
1: Well, originally, <clears throat> so it was interesting because when, when the, the character in the earlier seasons, we knew Daniel was a wild man. He was always, you know, like you said, you, he's coming in, he's making people laugh. He's, you know, it seemed almost like he was using his humor and actions and stuff to cover something up. Um, and we, we, we come to find out that it's his sexuality and he was raised very religious. Um, and so when we see him first come out and he goes to church and he confesses to a priest and, you know, Daniel's just losing his, you know, how I won the Emmy, uh, beautifully written scene, but I'm, I'm losing it to this priest and he's what's wrong. What's wrong. You know, just get it out. And I'm like, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. And he said, well, what's your sin? And I, I look at him and I tell him, well, I'm gay. And he looks at me and he just, well, what's your sin? Like in that, in that one response, he, he like tells me everything I need to know that that's, that's not right. And, and, and that has nothing to do with how God looks at you and all these other things. And it's just a beautiful turning point, in Daniel's story. And um, when the storyline, you know, when, once we got to explore that storyline and the amount of support and the fan base I gained from the LGBTQ community, it was just, more than I ever could have imagined. And, um, you know, to, to show, uh, somebody's struggle, no matter what it is, I was able to relate to him still so much because although I might not have the same struggle, there, there have been a lot of things in my life I wasn't comfortable with or wasn't brave enough to accept or, you know, parts of my personality that I just, you know, didn't know how to embrace. And, um, those are all things that Daniel's struggling with so i was able to relate to him a lot more than i expected to um because it's you know i'm not just solely looking at sexuality here i'm i'm really looking at at, at you know the individual as as a whole and it's been it's been so much fun getting to explore and really stretch myself as an actor and getting to work alongside some some powerhouse guys in the industry, Mike Manning and, um, you know, Randy Wayne and, and so many others that my characters had relationships with. But, um, you know, overall, I, I'm i just, I'm proud to, to you know, kind of be able to carry a storyline with so much depth and meaning.
0: Well, I would like to thank you and Gregory both for, I, you know, I've got, Gay people in my family, I loved dearly, I would die for, and I saw them struggle. You know, as a young person like Daniel did, because Daniel didn't only struggle with being gay; he was struggling with his soul going to hell during that story. I mean, that was the one of the most prolific, profound, best moments that any young person growing up who is questioning themselves needs to see that. Just uh, the writing, the acting was so phenomenal. On that,
1: thank you for pointing that out. I, I I do agree, and you know it's it just maybe shines a little more light on on knowing that you're not alone, and and so many people are 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 struggling with with, with just exactly what you're struggling with, or or what somebody else might be struggling with, um, and to know that you're not alone, and to know that sometimes all it takes. Is 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 having that voice to understand how much support you actually do have, whether you know it or not. You know, I, I didn't think I'd even have the support of my family um as Daniel on the show, and yet they were the ones that were the most supportive. If I just if I would have just known that earlier and years ago, I would have avoided <laughs> so much shit in my life. <laughs> well, but, personally, know, I think they need no.
0: Daniel the same, but they need to make him a little more. Business wise.
1: mm mm-hmm. you
0: know, still be the smart ass Daniel that he is, but have that that debacle. Yeah. I think that would be well, if he survives, if he survives, I can't don't know, I'm going out of my mind. Uh uh you speaking of which, season six finale, you got married. Yes. And as I explained it to uh Gregory in my mind, what that made me think of was the Moldovia marriage and dynasty, which he said it kind of came from that because at the wedding there was assault on everybody. And now we know from the first episode yesterday where everybody is, but maybe three characters, and Daniel's one of them. I'm not gonna ask because I know you can't say, but I just I I hope we find out today what happens to Daniel and I hope it's nothing bad.
1: You know, it's 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 interesting, and of course it's gonna be gripping television because we see Daniel at the height of his happiness at the end of the last season, getting married to the love of his life. You know, life could not be better. And then all of a sudden it's all flipped upside down in this upcoming season. And you know, if if you know, if you like drama and you like all of the stuff that comes with it, this could not be more on point and on brand. Um, so it's, it's intense. It's gripping. Uh, it's a lot of love, a lot of tears, a lot of, you know, it's, it's going to be good. I'm excited for the fans to see what what's coming up. Um, but of course, you know, in Bay fashion, what goes up must come down and we'll see how, how it can crawl its way back up or not.
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, did well. I'm gonna ask that one because I missed it. Do you have anything coming up that you could share with us, not today, but?
1: Um, yeah, I've got a I've got a number of projects, a um, couple of films I just finished filming, um, and I've got one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, it's called the Will Rogers project, which. Um, they just announced publicly that I'm involved with, and I'm doing that with uh, Brian Kelly of Florida Georgia Line, and uh, it will be the first scripted uh, life story um, of Will Rogers, and it's going to be incredible. And you know, having built such a great fan base in the in the Western genre and in the South, uh, this one's gonna this one's gonna bring it home. And um, I'm I'm really really excited about it. That's can't get can't really talk much else about it. But um, I will say, you know, truly one of the most fascinating men to ever walk the planet, and not enough people know all the the, the facets of his life. And so it's time.
0: <laughs> well, your your company is helping to produce it. Your production company's that's right. It out. That's where I was yeah. Talking.
1: Once I once 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 finished 1883, and I saw what a magical experience it was to shoot in Texas, and the support not only from the state but from the city of Fort Worth and, um, and, the, and and the people were just so supportive. I was like, okay, this was a home run. I have to film something else here. We need another you know, I want, I want to see more film and TV happening in the South. And I was, and I've, and I've been thinking about projects to do that will help propel this movement that is happening here. And, you know, I was like, wow, what, what, what better way to do that than to tell the story of the man who I can't go anywhere around here without seeing his name at the Coliseum or the airport or the highway. Everything is Will Rogers. Um, Jonathan Brownlee, director, writer, producer out of Dallas approached me saying, um, he uh if I'd be interested in doing a Will Rogers project that they have made connection with the family and um, we uh they're they're we're looking to to seal the rights to it and you know with someone like you on board we could maybe really make this thing come to life and I didn't even blink a second and I said yes, all in took a year and just focused on you know everything we had to do to make this happen and Um, here we are uh, about to go, you know, into full swing mode on it. And we've got so much, you know, uh, Will Rogers was from Oklahoma and, uh, you know, part of the Cherokee Nation. And we've got the Cherokee Nation involved, helping with this as well. And so we're really uh, getting it from all ends. And um, we want to do this story justice. And it's um, it deserves it. And it's I'm I'm very, very excited about it. (laughs)
0: I can't wait. It sounds phenomenal. Well, I'm going to put this out in the universe, this question, but uh, it's more for ABC. Okay. Would you do Dancing with the Stars? Yes. Everybody's listening? Come
1: on. <laughs> I would. I I grew up as a dancer, and I haven't danced since. And I danced on Broadway, you know, when I was a teenager, but. I haven't since. And um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about that the other day and I was like, gosh, that would be so fun. Um, so, yes, if, if anyone is out there, please let me know, because that would, that would be a blast.
0: I can't say anything. I've never asked that question. I don't I haven't watched Dancing with the Stars in a long time. I don't know where that question came from in my head today, but it was like asked. So I don't know if it's a sign, it might be, never know. I'm glad you did,
1: I'm glad you did. And it is kind of ironic, I was just thinking about it the other day. Um, But yes, don't don't even have to hesitate on that one. (laughs) Well,
0: in 2018, you won Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Digital Daytime Drama Series for your work on The Bay. As a producer, you won three Daytime Emmys for your work producing The Bay. And you hold the world record for the youngest Emmy award-winning producer in television history at age 23. How does that feel?
1: You know, it was, <laughs> <it's>, when you <laughs> say it like that, it feels great. Um, when I when I was nominated for my first uh, Emmy uh, when I was 23, I didn't even know that there was a record even possi- possible. I had no idea. Even then when I won the Emmy, I still didn't know. It wasn't until a few months later that you know, some press outlet like, got a hold of me, and they're like, You know, how does it feel to me? And I was like, Wait, to be what? And they were like, Youngest Emmy winning producer ever. I was like, Hold on one second, mute. Wow, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's random, cool, you know, fact that I, I have this title, but yeah, it still holds today, and um, very cool, it was not expected. Um, grateful of course for all of it and um, you know it's 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 nice to be recognized and and to be honored for your work um, um, but at the end of the day there's there's also still so many deserving people and um, I don't take a second of this for granted and I I just want to you know keep keep trudging forward putting out good work and, and fighting my hardest because uh, I know there's a million and one other people you know fighting and working just as hard so gotta uh,
0: As if you couldn't like Eric anymore or be a bigger fan of his, you and your wife, Sandy Nelson, won the 2021 Tony Award for Best Play for The Inheritance. What's that like? I mean, you're on your way to get the... You got... (laughs) You got... (laughs) I
1: guess I'm halfway, Um, which is just wild to think about. Uh, You know, when I theater is what brought me into this industry in the first place. And so that always ha- will have my heart and was my first true love in the arts. Um, and I had been fortunate enough to perform on Broadway as an actor when I was a teenager. And I knew that one day, once I got into producing, I knew that one day I wanted to, um, you know, give back so to speak to the Broadway community and, and produce something uh, that would, you know, ha- give a bunch of jobs to people and, you know, hopefully make a huge impact in, in the theater community. And when The Inheritance came up, which is an unbelievably powerful play, uh, it it went to London and won the Laurence Olivier Award. And then, you know, it was, it was rumored to want to come to Broadway. And I was like, this is it, this is it. I've read the script, all 700 pages of it it's a very long lengthy play but it's it's one of those masterpieces it's like an epic you sit through it in two different two different performances uh to experience the whole thing and i just knew i was like i have to be involved with this if i can and it just worked out and uh to get to do it with my wife was you know a dream come true and it takes a huge team of people to to do a play on broadway so you know we were just a a piece of the puzzle um, but so grateful to have been, and um, it, it really was a life-changing experience and um, beautiful piece of work, and, you know, the the, the, the Tony was the, the cherry on top of the cake, um, so very grateful for it.
0: Well, if everybody doesn't know, you're married to a gorgeous Sadie Nelson since 2013, and you have now two beautiful children. Are you going to encourage them to act?
1: Um, you know my my daughter's already kind of showing some some signs of of wanting to do it. She she's kind of she's 3 now, so she's getting to the age where she understands cuz my wife's a voiceover actress. She does cartoon animation and uh she, one of her favorite shows she watches my wife's the lead of and she gets it now that, you know, mommy's the character on TV and you know she knows that, you know, when I leave for a month filming a movie, she she's kind of starting to understand what that means and I've brought her on set. Um and so if if that's something that that she shows, you know, passion for and and continued passion for, 100%, I'd I'd love her, you know, uh because I know and I've been there and I know how to protect her, I know how to help her with this industry. I know what's going to hurt, what's not going to hurt. Um so if it is something she or or he wants to do, um I, I think they'll have a little leg up. Um just, you know, that my parents were were not in the industry and you know I, I was finding everything out on my own and how to do it and you know I would love to be able to hand off my knowledge to somebody right. else uh, to give them a little bit of a of a head start maybe that they wouldn't have otherwise had um, and she's a little personality she she <laughs> she can do any emotion on cue she loves to like uh, we'll be like all right now show us you're very sad and like we'll give her like a little scenario and she'll kind of like you know do her head and like play out a little scene and it's really cute so maybe she's just gonna um play along with our antics but maybe it'll be something we'll see
0: i love that and speaking of sainty i would like to have her on the show sometime by the way i love her a lot of her shows she's doing the voiceover on i'd send her a letter oh yeah she would love that well we're getting close to the end everyone remember you can now find seasons one through six of the bay on the peacock network and other platforms don't miss today's episode at 3 p.m eastern time 12 p.m pacific with an encore presentation at 8 five, 8 eastern 5 pacific only on popstar and if you miss the pop star you will be able to binge it again on tubi and peacock in 2023 eric thank you so much for being here
1: Thank you, Tim. I really appreciate it. I had a great time chatting with you.
0: If you could hang on to the backstage for just a moment, I'll be right back there. Okay. Thanks. I'd like to thank Eric Nelson for being here today. I would like to thank the Necrotizing Fasciitis Foundation for sponsoring our show. For more information on necrotizing fasciitis, please visit www.necfash.org. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more upcoming episodes. Please be kind to one another, and until next time, have a great day.